Welcome to Revealing Jesus. Are you hungry to learn more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? I am your host, Christina Pereira, lover of Jesus, apostolic leader, licensed and ordained minister, author, podcaster, and kingdom party planner. Did you know that the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus? And that simply means the more we learn about our beautiful Savior, the more we will experience all He died to give us. Join me for all things the King and His Kingdom, including revelatory teaching, interviews with Bible ministers, media leaders, authors, and more. Come discover the beauty of God displayed all across the body of Christ. Together, we are revealing more of Jesus to a hurting world today. Prayer causes bad decisions to turn into great, significant blessings, not just blessings like significant blessings. But if there's no prayer during that season, you get stuck in that rough patch and you stay there too long. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Go For Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to ChristinaPereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I am so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today, and this is his second time back on Revealing Jesus, so I'm so excited. He is the founding and lead pastor of Celebration Church of the Woodlands, Texas, and he is the author of the new book, Ignite Your Life, 14 Powerful Things That Happen When You Pray. Please help me welcome back Frankie Mazapika. You know, I mentioned this right before we got on air, but... I've been in a few interviews, but the first time that you interviewed me, I'm telling you, I enjoyed it more than any other interview I've ever been in. And you know, it's not even close. It's not even close. So I'm really happy to be back. I, I truly am. Oh, that means so much. Thank you so much. And I absolutely loved meeting you. Pastor Frankie, I got to go to the uh, Burning Hearts Conference in Texas, and we got to meet up. and. It's amazing when uh, I get to just meet these incredible people all over the world laying their lives down for Jesus. So thank you. 
It was a lot of fun. There was no part of me that ever thought that we were going to actually meet in person. I know, me neither. (laughs) I know. And then when you showed up in our church, I was like, shut up. I can't (laughs) believe this. This is insane. (laughs) Oh, it was just so cool to meet you in person. I know. Likewise, likewise. Well, I have told our listeners quite a bit about you. And if you haven't gone back and listened to his original interview, I believe it was the same time last year that I had you on. So go back and check him out. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about you to help get to know you? Yes, was my first pastor. When my mother was pregnant with me, my dad was the pastor of the church. And so I literally grew up under a church pew. And then Unfortunately, when I got into high school, my first year in college, let's just say I was working on my testimony, right? I wasn't doing too well. And then, you know, I went to church one day and the spirit of the Lord just rocked me. It literally rocked me. And what I mean by that is so often our relationship with the Lord is cognitive, right? So we know he's there. We know he died on the cross for us. We know he came down. We're celebrating Christmas. We're celebrating Easter. But there's such a huge gap between cognitively knowing that he's there and having this close relationship with him. And I define having a close relationship with him as having this awareness that his presence is around us, this awareness and being able to not just be aware, but then have this instant conversation with him where we know that we're connecting with God. When that happens, it's an opportunity for all of us. But when that happens, everything changes. And so, you know, I've never been the same. I love that. That's the hallmark of meeting Jesus. We're never the same. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, I think you just kind of mentioned it. My wife and I started a church in the Woodlands, Texas in 2005. Was it 2005? Yeah, it was 2005, June the 4th, 2005. And it's just been the most exciting part of my life outside of getting married and raising my kids. But God's just been so, so good. He's been so good. That's amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for sharing part of your testimony. That was going to be my next question. How you met our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your book, Ignite Your Life, 14 Powerful Things That Happen When You Pray. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your heart and why you wrote this book. Well, I tell you, I feel like there's a knowing doing gap, right? Like, yeah, we know that we need to pray. Everybody knows they need to pray. They need to. And it's been my experience that the reason why we don't pray as much or as often is we don't know what's happening while we're praying. And if we knew what was happening, nothing could keep us from praying. And so the whole book is just sharing, hey, you need to know that every time you pray, this is what's happening. In fact, like chapter one, right out of the gates, I say in Psalms 56, 9, the very day you call for help, the tide of your battle changes. 
And so when you know that, it's like, okay, if that happens the very day I call for help, guess what? I'm going to call for help right now, right? Yeah. And so, you know, when you have that confidence and knowing that it's not your own responsibility to shift the seasons in your life. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, it says that God changes the times and the seasons. And so he's not just talking about spring, summer, winter. He's not just talking about that. He's saying, I'm looking at the season of life that you're in, and I change those seasons. It's those moments when he says, okay, you've been in this season long enough, Mm -hmm. and every season prepares you for the next season. Mm -hmm. You've been in this season long enough, and I'm changing that season. And whenever we pray we begin to turn the battle that we're in, which leads to a shift of season. And so when you know that, you just say, okay, I'm going to pray today and I'm going to pray more often. I'm going to pray more fervently. You know, these are the things that happen when you pray. One of the things that I talk about in another chapter is whenever we make these decisions where we feel like, Okay, that was not a godly decision. And it kind of put me in a spiral. And now I'm in a rough place. I'm in a rough patch. And I can trace it all the way back to that decision that I know wasn't godly. I I talk about how prayer causes bad decisions to turn into great, significant blessings, not just blessings like significant blessings. But if there's no prayer during that season, you get stuck in that rough patch and you stay there too long. And the example that I use is Samson made absolute, he was making sinful decisions, even though he knew that he was anointed. And so he allowed the source of his strength, which was God, but his commitment was to make sure that his hair was never cut. And then he allowed his hair to be cut, which severed him from the strength that God had given him. And so, you know, many of us know the story. He gets put in prison. And then the Bible says this, and then his hair began to grow again. And when his hair began to grow again, he started receiving his strength back. And he ended up killing more people after his hair had grown, then all the things, all the people that he killed and fought against in defense for God's people, his entire life. And so, you know, these are the things that prayer does. And without it, we get, not to be repetitive, but we get stuck there. Mm -hmm. And so we have to stay in this constant state of prayer. And I only named two, and I could name nearly all 14 because I have them by memory. But everything depends on who you depend on. And whether or not you win the battle or lose the battle is determined on whether or not you're praying. And Smith Wigglesworth said this, I may not pray for an hour, but an hour doesn't go by without praying. And so short prayers are very powerful. I love that quote so much. I love Smith Wigglesworth. I've got his whole collection of teaching. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's inspiring. He's inspiring. Yes. So 
How about for those people out there who've been taught that prayers are long and religious and you have to go to a certain place or things like that? Let's help break them out of the box. Let's make it more simple for them. Yeah. You know, I have people ask me, how do I pray so long? And I don't like mentioning this, but I had a friend tell me that it was inspiring to hear. And so the reason why I don't like mentioning it is it's so personal to me. Mm -hmm. But there was a time where I could only pray for like 10 minutes and it was so dry that the 10 minutes felt like an hour and 10 minutes. And now today when I pray, you know, I always block off two hours just to pray. And what I've realized is I'm just having a conversation. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm doing. And in this conversation is threaded through by statements that says, Jesus, I thank you for, I thank you for, and and you feel that sentence. And it's amazing how when you say, I thank you for, how the Holy Spirit brings the, the second half of that sentence to you. And I'm telling you, things that I thank him for, I mean, I thank him for the most basic things. And then it leads to more in-depth things. Like, for example, I say, thank you for my house. I laugh with him. I'm like, thank you for my pillow, you know, because I go to hotels and those pillows. I get it. You know, like we may not have the best of everything, but everybody needs a pillow that they love. Right. But I'll say the silliest things and start laughing. And it ends up leading to other things that are far more significant where I begin to thank him for my children. And then I start thanking him for his mercy that I know I don't deserve. And, you know, that's how the conversation just begins to develop. And so I always say to people, hey, however long you think you're going to pray, set your phone alarm for longer than that, even if it's only five minutes. And don't stop praying until that alarm goes off. And when you hit those rough patches where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm talking to a wall, ask the Holy Spirit, hey, help me. Like, I want to pray, help me. And I assure you, if there's any prayer that you ever pray that will be answered, it is that exact prayer. Look, I want to pray more. I'm having trouble. Help me. And then as we're praying, we, you know, the title of the book, our life begins to ignite and there's something inside of us that begins to burn. And it's this greatest privilege because the more you find God, the more you want to chase him. Mm-hmm. And it's like this paradox because the more you experience, the more you want to experience. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can't push prayer any and enough. I can't yeah. do enough. That's so good. Well, the most amazing thing about Jesus is he says, when you seek me, you will find me. And when we seek him, a lot of times people think that their reward comes externally, but most of the time he rewards us with more of himself, more yes. revelation knowledge, more insight, more of his presence, more intimate relationship. And it's amazing. And he is the greatest reward. He is the darling son of heaven. There's nothing, no one greater. And so well said. Yeah. Thank so you. well said. And oftentimes, 
Christina, we think to ourselves, yeah, I want to be close to God and I want to pray, but you know, I also want to be significant and I also need success to feel like I'm significant. And a lot of times we don't want to talk about that. Like I need success to feel significant. And so we don't want to just like, okay, I'm a person who just prays a lot, right? But one of the things I talk about in the book is in John 15, 5, it says, if you remain in me and I remain in you, the result of that, Mm -hmm. if you're praying and we're spending time with each other, the result will be you will produce much fruit. Mm It doesn't say fruit. It says much fruit. And what is fruit? Fruit is the significant things that we do on this earth that leaves an eternal impact. And that's the success that we need to experience to feel like we're contributors. Mm -hmm. Like it's an innate need of all of us to feel like we're significant. And without success, how do you feel significant? And the Lord just circles everything back around uh, because to pursue success or to pursue significance, you can't pursue significance. That's like pursuing happiness. I'm going to go be happy. Well, you can't just like, I'm happy now. You can't do that. You have to do something that makes you happy. And so you can't just say, I'm going to go be significant. No, that's not how that works. You have to do something that leads to significance. And the Lord just says, look, spend time with me, remain in me. And I will remain with you, and that will lead to significance. Mm -hmm. And so everything circles back around to not letting an hour go by without praying and knowing that short prayers are powerful prayers. You just stay in that state. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I love that. And I think truly all real godly significance comes from being with him. I think we get in trouble when we start chasing things, significance outside of him. Yes. I just want to say this really quickly because it's coming up out of my heart. Heaven judges very differently than we judge. And so a lot of times the things that the world thinks are significant really aren't. Right. Heaven's point of view. Yes. We look at, you know, multi-billion dollar companies and we think, oh my gosh, they have all this money. They're doing all these things. They're really important. They're on the cover of magazines and this, that, and the other. But really, in heaven's eyes, they're no one. Yeah. Um, And unfortunately, we have to shift our thinking when God is really looking at that little 80-year-old woman who's sitting in her house and uh, praying for the nation, where God is saying, do you want to see significance? Let me show you significance. Yes. And uh, I think once we get to heaven, we're going to see very, very differently. That's that's my perspective. But yeah. You know, it's so funny you say that, Christina, because I, I flew back from New York last night mm-hmm. and I had this opportunity I never saw coming, but I was invited to speak to the top financial firms in the country in New York. When wow. I say financial firms the CEO and leader of these firms. And so the top 40 in their wives, it was at a banquet. And I got up there to speak. 
And it was so interesting, Christina, because typically when I speak, you know, 80 to 85, if not 95, sadly, I'm looking at Christians mm-hmm. who yes. have a smaller percentage of the room are non-Christians. Mm-hmm. And so the tenor of the room, the feel of the room is being dictated by the majority of the room, right? And so the believers are creating that atmosphere that the non-believers experience and then are drawn to God. Well, when I was in New York at this conference, it was the exact opposite, right? So 10% of the room were believers. I'm just picking a number. Mm -hmm. But the other 90%, um, they controlled the tenor of the room. They controlled the atmosphere of the room. And so when I got up there to speak, it was like, it was cold. And I was shocked by it. I was like, whoa, okay. Like as a speaker, as a communicator, I was like, whoa, like, okay. Like you don't just dive into the spiritual things, right? right? Yeah. All all groups of people, anytime you speak, it's like opening up a master lock, a combination lock. You got to find that lock really, really quick, like within 60 seconds. Otherwise, people just disconnect and stop listening for the remainder of your talk. And so the Lord helped me unlock that to where I at least had a personal connection. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord, the presence of God just kind of came into the room in a very soft way about halfway through my talk. But it was interesting, Christina, because I did not covet any of their lives, nor did I covet their money, nor did I covet their success, not at all, because I knew that what I had in me and what I had to say was far more important than anything that they had ever experienced in their life. And so, yeah, this natural success, I believe that the script flipped. I think that or I know they were looking at me wanting what I had. And wow, um, that's amazing. It, it was Yay. a powerful, powerful moment. Get ready to take your faith to the next level. As you sit at Jesus' feet, your faith will grow as you hear his word, commune with him in prayer, and feast upon his faithfulness. In this beautiful journal, you can record your time with God. It includes 52 weekday entries which can be used as a week or a day, depending on your preference. Record the scripture you're reading, your response to it in prayer, and a journal page plus an answered prayer section to record Jesus' faithfulness. Grab your colored pencils and Bible and be sure to get creative with the images. This journal will be a powerful memorial of your relationship with a living and loving Savior. Be sure to pick up a copy of At the Feet of Jesus Worship and Prayer Journal today. Links in the show notes, or you can find a copy at Amazon or ChristinaPereira.org slash store. That is so amazing. And only God can do that. Yes. And it's so incredible. I think when we live for Jesus, when we lay our lives down, even though we may not have all of the worldly luxuries and things like that, We live with such joy and such unshakable peace that despite uh, our challenging circumstances, we can live with confidence. Yes. And prayer is a huge part of that. And so you shared something in your book that I thought was really powerful. You shared about 
this article that you read on worry. And many of us know what it's like to worry. Can you share that article with us? Because I felt like it really put things in perspective. Yes. You know, Christina, you read so much and only a very small percentage you retain a few years later, right? Mm, Yeah. I read this article, Earl Nightingale wrote it, and it's called The Fog of Worry. The Fog of Worry, only 8% are worth it. And what he was saying was 40% of things that we worry about never happen. 40%. They never happen. That's almost half. They never happen. And then things that are over, they're in the past. Mm -hmm. They can't be changed. Like they're in the past. That's the other 30%. So think about that. 40% never happen. 30% are in the past. So, you know, that's insane. That's 70% of our, yeah. yeah. And then needless worries about our health, like worrying about our health is 12%. We're at 82% now. (laughs) 82% of our worries completely worthless. And then you go to just like petty miscellaneous. They're literally petty. That's the next 10%. And so now we're at 92%. So the real legitimate worries that we have is 8%. And so what he says is it's fascinating how he says it. He says this, according to the Bureau of Standards, a dense fog covering seven city blocks to a depth of 100 feet is composed of something less than one glass of water. Mm. So if all the fog covering the seven city blocks 100 feet deep were collected and held in a single drinking glass. A single drinking glass wouldn't even fill it. And all this could be compared to worries. If we can see the the future, if you will, and if we could see our problems in their true light, they wouldn't even tend to blind us to the world to living itself, but instead could be relegated to their true size and place. Mm-hmm. And if all the things most people worry about were reduced to their true size, you could probably put them into a drinking glass as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just insane what we get caught up in. And I feel like Earl Nightingale just hit the nail right on the head. 92%. I mean, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely crazy. It's just a fog. It's yep. it's just fog of worry. That's amazing. I, I absolutely love that. That's why I was like, you've got to share that. That's so powerful. I know. I know. Uh, I, 
I remember when I found that and then I started writing the book, I was like, I've got to talk about this. And I believe it was in chapter four when I talk about how prayer closes the jaws of lions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the base scripture was in Daniel 6.22. But the lions that we face are not animals, Mm -hmm. uh, physical animals. The lions that we face are the voices that the enemy speaks. And when you're able to know what's happening, everything can kind of calm you down and you begin to feel that peace that you were talking about. That's so good. You know, what's coming up on my heart right now is, I think it's Second Peter, is let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The first part before that verse is the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking those he, he may devour. Yeah. And the way that he devours us is through worry and cares. Yeah. That's why God is saying the second part of that verse is casting all your cares and anxieties upon him for he cares for you. Yes. That's how we become undevourable. And prayer is a huge part of that. When we pray as believers, we have the opportunity to say, God, I can't fix this, but you can. He's both I am. He's in the past. He's in those 30% that we can't do anything about, right? He's in the 40% that may or may not ever happen, right? Yes. And then he's in the everything in between. And when we bring Jesus into those, all of those situations, we become undevourable. Yes. That's my goal. Hallelujah. By your grace, Jesus. (laughs) 100%. 100%. And, you know, I really believe that when people read this book, they'll begin to see not just cognitively, but spiritually as well. And it begins to propel them towards God, Mm -hmm. towards presence. You know, in fact, I'm going to go so far as to say this. The subject matter of the book is the most important subject matter I could have ever chose to write about. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, prayer is so powerful. I mean, it's our connection to God. It's our relationship. And it's important that we build that because out of that personal relationship comes our authority. Yeah. And, you know, when we speak of these things, every time we see God overcome something in our life, it increases our faith. Yes. Um, You said something really powerful about seasons changing. And I feel like I need to share this. One day the Lord spoke to me and he said, faith is a season changer. Mm. And so when we mix our faith with our prayer, it can change seasons in our life and open new realms and doors for us. It's vital. So I'm so happy that you wrote this. Yes. You know, it's off that there was during my 40th birthday, I went into a heavy depression because I started. I get it. trajectory of my life, like if I follow my trajectory from, let's just say 20 years old to 40, when I get to 60, when I get to 80, I don't like that trajectory. I don't like it. I need my trajectory to be higher and sharper. And it dawned on me that that trajectory is not something that I can control. Yeah. Um, Because the only way your trajectory can be changed is you have to have new opportunities and be effective in those opportunities. But you can't just create those opportunities. You can't just create those open doors. Mm -hmm. 
But the Bible says in, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, no, is it 3, verse 20? It might be 3, verse 7. But anyway, it'll be good homework to look it up, where the Lord says, I know all the things you do, mm-hmm. and I see that you are very weak, but you haven't denied me. And so I am opening up a door that no one can close. So these opportunities that change your trajectory all circle back around to our prayer life. Again, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask, think, or imagine. But mm-hmm. the, there's no period there. Yeah, That's the end of the verse. There's a comma that says, according to the power that is at work within. Mm-hmm. So the amount of power that is working in us, it's linked to how much he will do for us. And so you ask yourself, well, how do I increase the power that is working within me so that I can experience what I can't imagine? And so a good parallel is knowledge itself. So if the knowledge that I have in the medical field that's working within my mind is very low, therefore, the problems that I can solve is also very low. And so the opportunities that I have in the medical world are linked to my knowledge base, okay? Now, if I were to increase my knowledge base, then it would increase my ability to do more than what I even imagined. Mm -hmm. To figure out how to increase the power that is working within us. And how do you get something working within you, but to invite it into you? Not just to invite it into you, because I can go to college for medicine, but I have to not only open the book and invite the professor to talk to me, but now I have to study it. And here's a better word, marinate on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All that knowledge is working within me. And so not only do we invite the Lord into us, but then we cultivate that relationship, now the power is working within us. And if we don't do that, then the ask, think, or imagine, the first part of the verse, it doesn't imply to us. Mm -hmm. That's why so many people quote that verse and they never experience that verse. Yeah, I wouldn't experience that verse. (laughs) I wouldn't experience that verse. I do too. I don't need writing goals out. Like people say, Frankie, write out your goals. And I'm like, my goal is to experience something that I can't imagine. That's my goal. So I have nothing to write down because I can imagine it and I don't want what I can imagine. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) I'm the same way. You know, I was reading that this morning. I was smiling when you started sharing Ephesians 3.20 because it was what the Lord was putting on my heart too. I was like, I saw that this morning and I was like, Lord, sometimes I feel like my imagination is just too small. So 
I'm just going to start praying Ephesians 3.20. That's it. Just yeah. that. Yes. That's it. That's it. You know, that's it. And as you pray, that power is just like, like your heart is working in you. Boom, 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 boom. In the same way, the spirit of God is like, boom, 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 boom. And so, you know, it all circles back around. It's not a complicated formula. I love that. I'm so thankful he makes it so simple for us. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's the reason why we live yeah yeah and he knows what we need so good well is there anything burning on your heart you'd like to say directly to our listeners today yeah i I just would love to say this our life doesn't need to be dictated by the wind of life where we just kind of get pushed to and fro by every problem every worry every concern where we're just always off kilter for whatever reason you know, that's not how the wind should not dictate our life because the wind, as we all know, it, we don't know what direction it's going to come from. It's always a surprise. Um, and that should not dictate our life. Mm-hmm. You know, let the wind come, let the rain come, but we should always be firm and steadfast mm-hmm. and, and confident and assured that. God is with us. God is right here. But to have that assurance, you have to be communicating with him. You have to. This is a disturbing sentence, but it's also encouraging. If you're not talking to God, you do not have a relationship with him. Yeah. But if you are talking with God and you have that relationship, your feet are planted and it cannot be shaken, not by any wind and not by any storm. And so I would just encourage your listeners to go ahead and bridge that gap, that knowing doing gap with a million short prayers throughout the day. Amen. Amen. So good, Pastor Frankie. Thank you so much. I love it. It reminds me of that song, wind came, rain blew, but my house was built on you. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Will you pray for our listeners today? Maybe they're going through a storm or maybe they're just hoping to become undevourable. Yeah. Yeah. Let me pray. In the name of Jesus, I don't know where these listeners are. I don't know if they're watching right now. I don't know if they're listening right now. But I just speak grace. And Lord, grace is strength where we are weak. And I don't know where they're weak, but I speak strength into their life right now. Strength and confidence. And I pray a mantle of prayer onto them. Draw them into your presence cause them to be God chasers. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Frankie. That was so good. And thank you for being here with me again today. I always enjoy it. I really, really do. Oh, good. I'm so glad. We'll keep writing those books and come on back. (laughs) Sounds good. I appreciate you. Oh, of course. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's episode and resources under Revealing Jesus with Christina Prayer, wherever you get your podcasts. 
And be sure to pick up a copy of Ignite Your Life, 14 Powerful Things That Happen When You Pray. And uh, don't forget to connect with our special guest, Frankie Mazapika. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Beloved, let me introduce you to my King. He is altogether lovely. No matter which way you turn him, he is perfection personified. He is velvet and steel. He is meekness and majesty. He is glory and humility. He is kindness and strength. He is altogether lovely. And he is my king. And he can be yours as well. All day long, he holds his hand that you might take that you might turn one step, one grasp, one yes, one breath away from the arms of your loving Savior. Beloved, if you hear him calling today, do not harden your heart. The Bible declares that not one of us is guaranteed another moment upon this earth. So pray this prayer with me today and run into the arms of the one who loves you, who knows you best. Father, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin, for all of the places that I have fallen short, God, of your glorious standard. I ask you now to send your Son into my heart, to be the forgiveness of my sin, to be my redemption, to be my righteousness, to be my holiness, to be my sanctification. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to fill me with your Spirit, your power, your glory, that I might bring glory to your name, Father. I thank you that I receive all of this by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. I thank you that I am now a child of God, fully forgiven, fully righteous, fully holy in your eyes. And I ask you to help me walk out this life in a way that pleases and honors you, Father. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. I thank you for your love, for your kindness, for your great joy in saving me. And I thank you, Father, and I thank you, Holy Spirit. And I pray all of these things in your beautiful Son's name. Amen. If you've just prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to congratulate you you are now a child of God, and all things are now yours. Keep listening to Revealing Jesus. Find a good Bible translation that makes sense to you. And keep hearing about our beautiful Savior Jesus. Please let us know. We want to continue to pray for you. And we want to send you a free PDF copy of our New Believer Workbook. Just go to christinaperrera.org slash welcome hyphen home. Enter your email address and we will be happy to send this free gift and continue to pray for your journey. God bless. 
sincerely hope and pray today's episode has blessed you. Now it's your turn to continue the conversation. We are all evangelists of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like this episode, rate it, share it with a friend. If it's impacted your life, let them know that you want it to do the same and theirs. Help spread the word of the good news of Jesus. Subscribe to the mailing list and get episodes, articles, downloads, and more sent right to you. Link in show notes or just text Jesus to 1-833-815-7778. Again, that's Jesus, 1-833-815-7778. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can find us at Christina Prayer Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.